The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is Welcome the Busted, Busted Open, Open Podcast. Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And that's Dana Brooke and Cora J. We get into that and what went wrong. But you know what? Some things that went right with Dana Brooke last night also somebody who's very opinionated and someone who came to dana brooks defense on social media vince russo joins us also we talked to aew owner and president tony khan right now on the bus and i want to get into something that happened last night i want to get your take tommy and i definitely want to get your take mickey as well is where Something completely changes course. Now, Dana Brooke was brought down in a story with Cora Jade. And I think that the NXT audience really gravitated towards uh, Dana Brooke. Now, maybe it's a love for Dana. Maybe it's the mystique that she's a main roster talent. Or maybe it's their hatred for Cora Jade. But when I heard the promos last week, I definitely felt like the fans were behind Dana. I felt like last night, when the match started that the fans were behind Dana, but that changed. And I want to go back to some of the audio and listen to the audience last night, because what we saw during the course of the match, Tommy and Mickey is that Dana got injured. Um, it didn't look like she was going to be able to continue the match. They brought out the stretcher to stretcher her out of the ring to the back uh, backstage area. Uh, Cora and Dana continued to draw with each other. Finally, you know what? Dana was like the hell with this. She she jumped off the uh, stretcher and went back into the match uh, with Cora Jade. And at the end of the match, uh, Cora put on that single-legged Boston Crab. And that audience is chanting tap uh, at the top of their lungs. And that even before that, there was a chant of Cora for Cora Jade. So, you know, Tommy, what do you do in that situation where... Obviously, you're going for sympathy. Obviously, you're trying to get the fans to get behind Dana. And things just went south very quickly during that match last night. I mean, I've enjoyed uh, Dana Brooks matches on the Raw roster. I never, you know, obviously, I never worked with her. Um, I'm sure Mickey has. I just think, you know, it, it the match didn't gel correctly last night. And that's a different audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, I don't think the fans appreciated uh, that. 
you move on, you move forward. Like I said, we can all have a bad day. We could all have a bad match. Your favorite quarterback can throw uh, an interception and lose a game. You move on, you move forward. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, it's been a long time since I feel like I've been in that position. It must've been in training, like on the independent somewhere where, and it was just, I was green and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like I was trying to be a baby face and I was clearly being a bad girl, a, a heel. I was going to say that that for me, if I felt like Dana Brooke was the wrong choice to send to NXT in the first place, unless you were going to send her, like you said, in a Mandy Rose, like a, a manager type of character for, she was brought up in the system. Didn't really learn how to like, it's one thing when you send like a Seth Rollins or you send Natty back because they have like the respect and they're, you know, workhorses, you know what I mean? Like Dana was taught, WWE style system. And now there's this whole gener a new generation of that same kind of system, but more elaborate, more, more, uh, I, what's the word I'm looking for more things. There's more stuff happening. Right. So then it's like even more moves and more. And I just felt like that, that audience never really truly respected Dana when she was down there before. And then that's one of the reasons why they moved her up to the main roster. And I thought that I love Dana. I've worked with Dana. I think she's a fabulous person. I think she really has tried really, really hard in the last couple of years, especially to be more respected for her in-ring work and for her ability because she was a gymnast and she was, you know, into fitness and all that stuff and kind of learned the WWE way. Um, but so then I don't understand why you would, bring her back to NXT and put her in a wrestling role. You know what I mean? Because they didn't really love her wrestling role when she was there. She was more second to Charlotte or something like that. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, another thing, psychology. I always say this, your entrance, mm -hmm. you walk out there and you flex, you're conceited. Yeah. You're full of yourself. And I'm not saying that she is, she looks amazing. But if you're going to be there as a baby face, you have to maybe change that because you're different. Do you know what I mean, David? Yeah, I think that yeah. she's, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I think that she's always come out and done that. And then she does the no handed flip and correct. Yeah. She's that's been her entrance for as long as I can remember. I, I know, but, but I agree that you should do there should be a baby face entrance or a heel entrance. But if you've like, yeah, I don't know that anyone's ever told her that or even taken the time to help cultivate heel versus baby face. If you're told to just sit there and do nothing. Uh, I mean, honestly, we've seen it a million times. And I know for me being old school in the sense of, wait, it was a hell in a cell match and we have to stop because the guy's bleeding. Are you kidding me? Right. But yeah. Hey, that's a safety protocol that is put in play. So if that's why you turned on the person, the person just did their job and they were, did what they were told. That's breaking it down one way. Breaking it down number two is here is a fan calling in and I do appreciate when people call in, but he's saying, hey, she got injured during the commercial break. Okay. Um, and her segment went too long. It's a match. So then you're, you're what we're, Mickey was talking about. You're performing in front of a different type of audience, uh, a smart audience. And he said angle. He said angle, Tom, like your angle 
Sorry, I'm not so, I'm just saying I'm like, this is the audio. Like there are two that's they, so they're not even believing they're not there to believe anything. They're just there to rate matches and tell everybody and then go on the Internet and say you suck or you don't suck or whatever. And so to Dana, don't listen to them because no one who has a you know, who has time to go carve out a successful career and go be somebody has time to sit there and tweet at you all day. Those are children on the internet, on Twitter. Don't get upset at them. They don't know what they do. They're children. Sorry. Continue, Tommy. I'm stopping. I'm going to just stop. Don't I, stop. I we got that. a three hour show, Mickey. This is what so I want from you. Upset. I love it. And there's no it, reason to be sorry. Yeah. Trust me. I get it. And it makes me angry. But, but this is the different side, you know, when if people who are listening to this, you're listening to the performers who perform, you're listening to like uh, uh, legit Mickey James, been there, done that. So she understands that. And when you, Dave said something to me uh, a long time ago, which really, he said it on this show and he talked about when he goes and performs, you know, for a local indie ISPW. And he was just like, Tommy, I watch you perform. I watch you perform and you know how to get these kids to have a great time. They don't know anything about this thing called ECW because they weren't alive. And when you do have your older fans, but you know how to engage the audience and tell a story in your thing. And Dave's like, I just like to sit back and watch it because a lot of these are that you're performing in front of the basic wrestling fans, which we all were. And then we get, you know, jilted or, or we talk about angles, segments, and commercial breaks. I have never went into like when I, you know, when I watch a match, like I say, I watch wrestling every single night before I go to bed. Last yeah. night I went to bed watching uh Tony Gurria versus Mac Rivera. Wow. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, whoa, look at Tony go. And I'm like, eh. I get Mac Rivera still, but they're trying to teach Mac Rivera, but I'm watching Tony Gurria, this older veteran, somebody that I know, somebody that I actually really like uh, in the tail end of his career, doing different things. And it still puts me in my happy place. But then I go back to that like 13 year old or 14 year old me that that match happened. And I'm like, this was the greatest thing in my life. I watched the Iron Sheik versus Bob Backlund that whole week, you know, the, the week of Sheik died. Um, I was at that show. It made me so happy. Then Sheik dies. But what I'm saying is I watched Salvatore Belomo versus Tiger Chung Lee go 20 minutes. If I watched it today, I'd be like, guys, this match was horrible. But back then, I'm like, that was the greatest match I ever saw in my life. Why? Because I'm not jaded. Mm -hmm. So, or... or I can just go back and appreciate this art form called pro wrestling. Right. It, it, but then you also like, you know, for people, you got to realize these are real performers as well as like, you know, Hey, this person did what she told. And if that changed the trajectory of the match, be mad at the people behind the scenes. Don't be mad at the performer. I, mm -hmm. And I want to, and I want to go back to you in a second, Mickey, because you know, and already the calls are heating up. So I think, I think we've actually struck a nerve with the busted okay. open nation when it comes to this. Um, but, you know, to, to go back to what that caller said, like the caller said, oh, the fans got restless because she was in the, sitting in the ring for five minutes before anything happened. From the point of her, I just went back. I'm, I'm watching it now. Okay, right. first the entire match, the entire segment 
was 11 minutes long. That's from the entrance to the end of the match. The whole thing, 11 minutes. The entire sequence of her getting injured, going on, going on the stretcher, getting off the stretcher, getting back in the ring, and doing the match, that whole thing happened in three minutes. So she, Dana Brooke couldn't have been sitting in the middle of the ring doing nothing for five minutes when the whole injury angle was three minutes long and the match itself right. from beginning to end was 11 minutes long. So, you know, it may have seemed that way to the audience. Listen, I, Mickey, I, I think you're right. I think it's just, I, I always talk about my favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. And I love Jimmy. I love mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson when he was the coach. Why? Jimmy Johnson would always say this. I put my stars in the best position to succeed. I think to your point, Mickey, last night they did not put Dana Brooke in the best position to succeed. They did her a big disservice, that's for sure. And I'm sure that was not the intention. I don't feel like that was the intention at all. But I will say this is this is the point that makes me so angry. It makes me really angry that it well upset on many levels. Like one that these opinions on the internet can move someone so much because, and we've all been affected by it, by like the hate and stuff, but like, it, it's really, really frustrating. And then when the, they're looking at it from that, when they're going, Oh, it, the angle and the segment and the whole thing. So there's already a disconnect because you're not watching it to go like, I'm emotionally invested or I want to follow this match and see the story or anything like that. You're already nitpicking before you even get to those things because you're finding things to pick apart or whatever and be like, oh, it's not as good as my favorite wrestler. And it's also very, very frustrating because then there's matches that I will go and I'll see like, oh, this person had the greatest match I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And it wasn't. It wasn't. So there's a lot of validation being getting from where like people are telling people that they're great. And there's like this false sense of greatness before they've actually reached their greatness because you've already told them they're great when they're actually just good and talented with the potential to be great. There's number one thing. And number two, it's like you when you're watching the show, like, why do we have to constantly watch with this like critical eye instead of just fall in love with the story? It makes me so frustrated because you don't go to the movies and then go pick apart the movie as you're watching it. You just appreciate it or don't appreciate the movie, right? I don't know. It's just. You do know, and you're very, very passionate about it because we've lived it. Uh, it just, I'll tell you I don't, what, I've seen a lot of cool stuff. I've seen a lot of cool moves. I watched last night and I saw Dana Brooke do this round off from the apron and land on the floor. And I was like, holy crap, that was cool as can be. And you know what I did, David? I rewound it. Wow. And I was just like, holy crap, she is so talented. Right. And then to come back and, and like, honestly, I watched, I was like, I didn't under, I was like, it wasn't the greatest match, but I also rewound something. So right. you caught my attention so much that I took the time to go because I still have yeah. Kivo. And I was just like, that was really cool. Yeah. And like I said, hey, you know, not everybody has the greatest performances. Not every match can go. But if you're if the match got the wind taken out of the sails taken out of the match because of something that you're basically told what to do, then guess what? That isn't your fault. Right. So right. then, hey, Dana Brooke, you both have Mickey James and Tommy Dreamer support. We love you, Dana. 
don't listen to the interweb. They don't know what they're talking about. And listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I, I get it. Even crappy ones. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you just gotta, you know, like I said, when you're, if you go to a show, I've never gone to a show and been like, Hmm, I wonder if they're, if these guys are going to hit their commercial break, not mm -hmm. as a wrestling fan, uh, or this must be during commercial break, uh, or, or I never went during a movie, like, and been like, uh, are we going to take intermission? Not that they take intermission right. or Dave, like you go to concerts. I've never been like, Whoa, like she blew her spot. Right. Oh, this solo really went on way too long. <laughs> You know, it's just when or it comes the, to wrestling. Oh, they really, they really it, sold it, that that shot scene where he got shot in the arm. He really sold that for the rest of the movie, didn't he? Gene Simmons just bladed, and he's <laughs> spitting up blood. But I think it's okay. like, and 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 listen, Mickey, you mentioned it earlier in the show, and I am a big fan of both these women, Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. I, I love the story. I love both of them uh, individually. Uh, I love the story going in. I was a big fan of Toxic Attraction. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've said it to Tommy. I think I've, I've said it on the show. In the ring, Gigi and JC, they didn't really seem to have a lot of chemistry together in ring, in happens. the moment it matches. Like, the, I love the setup. I love the kick through the door. All that stuff was great. But the matches they had, for whatever reason, whether it was injury or just what it was, chemistry, they just weren't able to duplicate that magic in the ring wrestling. Listen, and listen, I know for the WWE Universe and the NXT fans, they love Gigi and JC as well. So right. I saw those matches. The matches were what they were. They weren't great, but I didn't see anybody attack they Gigi was like, or They were JC. matches. They had they, matches. They were, mad. They, were, they were what they were. I mean... I don't think the matches held up to what the story was and right, things right. like that happened. For, but I didn't see anybody destroying Gigi or JC. I didn't see the crowd, no. you know, hijack, hijacking any of their matches. It was like, all right, maybe now it's time to move on from this story and see them separate and go their separate ways. But like, for whatever reason, last night, the crowd in there. And again, like Tommy said, Hey, you're going to cheer. You're going to boo. That's part of being a fan. Uh, but they went after Dana. And I think it's to your point, Mickey, sometimes fans pick and choose who they like and who they don't like. And I Blindly, felt like yeah. Dana, they, I think this is where I'll say that I think the WWE did a disservice to Dana Brooke. Knowing what NXT is, knowing how the crowd is that watches at home, knowing how that performance center crowd is, you knew when you put Dana Brooke in this story, you're putting her under a microscope. And maybe mm -hmm. she wasn't ready for that. And I think in a lot of ways, things got exposed on all ends in that match last night. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. I wanted to get you on because I wanted to give you a little credit. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Listen, say what you want about the match that took place on NXT. It didn't work. It didn't go over. Didn't get the reaction uh, that I think they were looking for. But that doesn't give fans the right to personally attack a performer. And that's exactly what Dana Brooke experienced last night on social media. Uh, You went uh, and, you know, went out there and was like, listen, I know you've been working your ass off. And you kind of gave her a little bit of appreciation at a time when she wasn't getting much love. So kudos to you for doing that last night, Vince. Well, you know, Dave, I got to say this, man, because there is a method to my madness and there, there is a history with me, especially when it comes to females. And, you know, bro, I, I've never really talked about this before. I guarantee you this will be the first time Mickey hears this uh, because, you know, when, when, when they bring me on a show, we, we, we got to talk about David Orquette and putting stuff on a pole. Okay, they they never want to talk about the things that are important. I got to say this, and I promise you, not even Mickey knows this because I've never had this conversation with her. Dave, you got to understand where it started with me was when I was hired by the WWE as a freelance writer in 1994. 
And I think in 1995, I became editor of the magazine. 1996, 1997, I started writing television. You got to understand, bro. You know, we, we sit here and we talk about Kiss. I was a wrestling fan. I came into the business as a wrestling fan. I was not a lifer. I was not Bruce Pritchard selling programs when I was three years old. I came into the wrestling business as a fan. Now, bro, you got to understand when I walk through those doors, if, if you, if you remember Willy Wonka and, and those little kids, when Wonka opened the gates and, and they walked in, that's what it was for me. You know, Vince McMahon, you know, who is now the Frito Bandito, uh, was Willy Wonka at that time. And I walked into this world as a wrestling fan that I still, to this day, refer to as the wrestling bubble. It, it, it's not reality, bro. It's not real life. The rules in the wrestling bubble do not apply to real life. And I, I always made it a concerted effort. I was never going to be a part of that bubble. This is not me, bro. This, this is a job. I'm going to come here. I'm going to do the best I possibly can because I got a family. I got to support at home. I'm not going to become one of these people. Now, I got to tell you something early on, and this is a conversation I, I rarely have. The first two females I worked very closely with were Sable and China. Mm -hmm. Very closely with both of them. Love the both of them to death. Okay. But as a, you know, regular wrestling fan and a regular guy, what I witnessed was a level of sexism in the wrestling business that I never experienced before in my life. It was the good old boys club. And if you want examples, I'll, I'll give you two prime examples so you understand where I'm coming from. As it relates to Sable, Sable was at a point where she was the second hardest act on the show behind Austin. I was there when Sable came out. I heard the pops. I experienced it. And as a writer, bro, I don't care if you're male, female, black, white, a chimpanzee. I, I could care less. If you draw ratings, you're going to be on the show. Period. End of story. And Sable was drawing ratings. Well, Dave, what happened was, you know, she was getting so over. She was getting a lot of TV time. And the good old boys didn't like a female taking their television time. And, bro, I can tell you as a fact, and I'm not going to say who it is, but literally a top guy, a very top guy, got in Vince's ear and the next thing you know, Sable is managing the, the parade of human oddities. Like that. Like that. Now, let's talk about Joni, who I loved to death. When, when, when I was the head writer, and, you know, DX was getting very hot at the time, and at the beginning, it was Hunter, Sean, and China. When I used to go over creative with them, Joni would stand there and not say a word. When, when I had to discuss the China character, I had to go through Triple H. And China just stood there and did not say a word. 
And th this is this is the wrestling business that I was brought into, and it was very sexist. And and here's what really bothered me: the women knew that they were second class citizens, and what this made them do was bust their ass times ten because they were constantly in this fight in this battle to prove that they belonged in the wrestling business because they were women. So I saw the working out. I saw the dieting. I saw them starving themselves. I, I say this to this day, bro. Whenever I would produce segments when there was a backstage fight, the women would blow away the men every single time. They knew what they were up against. They were the underdogs. Now, I, I, I got to give credit to where credit is, is, is due. This dramatically changed for me at WCW and TNA. It changed for me at WCW, quite frankly, because there was no Vince McMahon. So if I wanted to have girls in every segment of the show, I was going to put them on it in every segment of the show. It changed drastically at TNA because I got to give credit where credit is due. As old school as Dutch Mantel is, Dutch was 1,000% behind the females. And never once did I feel Jeff Jarrett have a set. Je Jeff was the same way as me. Vince, if they're drawing, put them on the show. So thank God for me, it drastically, drastically changed. But as I sit back and I look at the WWE product now, man, it just it just kind of feels to me like we've slowly but surely gotten right back into where we were because it's it's not it's not just a matter of giving them television time. What are you doing with them? Are you giving them a character? Are you investing the time? Are you teaching them how to, you know, do promos and be in the moment? And that's why when I, when I saw the Dana Brooke, I've never met Dana Brooke in my life, but at, at, be somebody that's been in the business for a very long time, I look at somebody like Dana Brooke, bro, if you cannot tell how committed this woman is, and how hard she worked. I don't have to meet her to know it. I can see it. And that's why if these punks online that, that have never done anything and never will are going to criticize a, a female's matches, but you know what, Dave? That's that's the environment that we've created today. And, and that's on the wrestlers. I, I don't know where Tommy sits with this, but... I, 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 I never thought I would see the WWE pamper and cater to that neck beard, dirt sheet mark crowd. I never <laughs> thought I'd see it, Dave, but it happened. So it you happened. know what the bottom line, you know what the bottom line is? It's on those in the industry because we let them in the door. Bro, listen, Dave, I love baseball. I do baseball podcasts. I'm not I'm not mingling with professional baseball players. I'm a freaking fan and I know I'm a fan and I know my place. These ass clowns, they they think they're professionals. They never done it. They don't know anything. You got a guy Dave Meltzer wrestling rating. Here's the problem. He's rating wrestling matches 
never having had a wrestling match in his life. But that doesn't even matter because he's a wannabe. But what matters is you got wrestlers buying into this. They're mm -hmm. buying into this. So I, I will say it, and I've said it a million times, and CM Punk said it on Saturday night in so many words. Bro, the Marks have made it to the ring. The Marks are wrestling in the ring. And that's the problem with wrestling today because casual fans like me, bro, I don't want to see Marks wrestle in the ring. I want to see professional wrestlers wrestle. I worked with freaking professionals. Tommy Dreamer was a professional. Taz was a professional. Bubba was a professional. That's who I worked with. All of a sudden, I turn on a wrestling show today, and I'm looking at my next-door neighbor, and we're going <laughs> to go goo-goo gaga over, over yeah. Circus Soleil spots? C come on, bro. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. Tony, good morning, and thanks for the time. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, seriously, I mean, coming off the heels of Collision this past Saturday, Dynamite tonight, uh, Forbidden Door this weekend. Tony, you know, the last time you were on, I was saying this was a big summer uh, for AEW, but wow, I mean... What a great! Let's start uh, with Collision from this past Saturday, Tony. You got to be happy. What a great crowd! What a great uh, feel in that building on Saturday. What a great uh, reintroduction to CM Punk with some really amazing matches uh, as well. I mean, uh, you got to be happy from what you saw this past Saturday. I was thrilled with the debut of AEW Collision this past Saturday, and I'm very excited about tonight. AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite. It's a great time for us going into the huge Forbidden Door pay-per-view this coming weekend on Sunday. But absolutely, the debut on Saturday of AEW Collision on TNT was a great success. We just got the ratings in. We did a great number. I think everybody in AEW and everybody at TNT is really happy with it. And it's awesome to launch another new franchise for AEW and to have a new tradition of Saturday Night Wrestling back on the Turner Network's it's very cool. I thought the debut episode was excellent. We had a great main event with CM Punk and FTR versus Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. A lot of great action throughout the show. Great tag match with Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Sky Blue picked up the win in her hometown, Chicago. I thought Andrade El Idolo versus Buddy Matthews was an excellent match, and I also thought the return of Miro was great. Just a great show, and really excited about where that leads us going into Forbidden Door. And tonight on TBS, we have a huge Wednesday Night Dynamite, and tonight is the last Wednesday Night Dynamite going into this Sunday's Forbidden Door pay-per-view in Toronto. Well, a, a couple things, Tommy, really quick, and because I, I promised um, this person I would give the shout-out, and... Uh, Rick Holmes, who's uh, a newscaster for News 12 here in New Jersey, 
we were both watching Collision, and he thought Andrade and Buddy Matthews so far was one of the matches of the year. So we didn't get a, a big opportunity to talk about it here, but I wanted to give that match a shout-out because, as you said, uh, Tony, that was one of the better matches, one of the great matches that we saw this past Saturday. So I wanted to give that shout-out. But go ahead, Tommy. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just, uh, you know, talking about we had a cover dynamite last week and you and I both said, like, we had to check to see, like, this was the greatest go home show of dynamite before a pay-per-view. And they're like, oh, wait, it's not the go home. (laughs) It was that good and just kept us. And, And Tony, like your initial vision of this all for the forbidden door was really like fantasy dream matches, correct? Yeah, largely. I agree with that. I think it was about building the dream matches as best we can. I think it really helps when the stars from New Japan come over here to help build the pay-per-view. And last week, it was awesome to see Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. involved in different parts of the show, and they're going to be involved in different ways here going forward. Tonight, Zack Sabre Jr. is wrestling, and we've got champions from three different promotions in one great tag match tonight, I don't think anybody had expected they were going to see this one going into this week. Tonight on TBS, to have the international champion, Orange Cassidy, teaming up with uh, the Ring of Honor Pure champion, Katsuyori Shibata. And what an amazing team Orange Cassidy and Shibata have made. What an amazing uh, way it was that they got together in the first place at Forbidden Door. And then they had a great match Last year in the all-Atlantic City Dream Match with Mike Tyson on commentary, they've become a great team. And tonight, Orange Cassidy and Shibata teaming up to take on Daniel Garcia, a former Ring of Honor Pure Champion, and the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion, Zack Sabre Jr. Great to have Zack Sabre Jr. in AEW. And then later in the show, Will Ospreay arrived on the scene in a major way. What a hot scene it was just an awesome awesome ending to dynamite uh, all those crazy run-ins all those crazy things happening and it made for a really exciting conclusion to last week's wednesday night dynamite and it sets up for a great show i believe tonight on tbs at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central here in chicago uh for wednesday night dynamite and going into forbidden door there's a lot for us to be excited about i think I totally agree. Last year's Forbidden Door, uh, a a bit of an injury issue. Obviously, CM Punk uh, was your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, unable to perform, supposed to wrestle Tanahashi. This year, completely different story. Punk is back. Punk is healthy. Though Tanahashi, we guess at this point, Tony is going to wrestle MJF. How is that situation uh, shaping up right now? I think... It will be a great match. I expect MJF to fulfill his contractual obligations and wrestle Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's a great wrestler, a great champion, and would be a great AEW world champion. Very excited to have Tanahashi here in AEW, and there's nobody who deserves this title shot more than Tanahashi, who is a great legend in the world of wrestling and somebody that I think can have a great match with MJF. I look forward to it this Sunday in Toronto. And Tanahashi is somebody, and I think we've talked about this before, Tony. You know, Tanahashi's in my top 10 all time. Tanahashi, to me, is the greatest New Japan wrestler of all time. I think he saved that promotion. And to see him wrestle the way that he does at this point in his career 
that you can have a match like this that we're going to see at Forbidden Tour really tells you how amazing Tanahashi is as a wrestler. Absolutely. It's going to be a great match, and we have a great card coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view at Forbidden Door, including some dream matches people never thought they would see. In addition to that great world title match, MJF versus Tanahashi, very excited to have Will Ospreay coming back to AEW. Again, we saw him last week on Dynamite, and he's going to be here this weekend defending, uh, rather challenging, uh, Kenny Omega, who's defending the IWGP U.S. title. Uh, I think that's going to be a great match. They had a great match at the Tokyo Dome with Osprey defending the championship against the former champion Omega earlier this year. And now to have Kenny Omega defending against Will Osprey, I think it's going to be incredible. And we got a look at them at last week in the conclusion of the show as Osprey came in to attack Kenny. I think that match is just going to be so great. Osprey Omega 2 at the pay-per-view this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And and let's talk a little bit about what we're going to see tonight, Tony, because, uh, Tommy, to your point, this is the go-home show for Forbidden Door. And, I mean, pretty amazing tag match uh, on board for what we're going to see tonight. When you have a a team like the Hardys, Tony, that's been there, done that, and you have a a young up-and-coming team, though pretty good resume so far in their career like the Guns, this is... This is going to be pretty cool tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a really excellent match tonight. We got Guns versus Hardys. Uh, very excited to have Austin and Colton Gunn, two brothers, taking on one of the great brother tag teams of all time, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yep. Truly just one of the great tag teams, I think, of all time. And uh, very excited for that one. I think it's going to be a great match tonight on Wednesday Night Dynamite on TBS to see Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Austin and Colton Gunn. Two-on-two tag team action. Hey, Tony, uh, you have perhaps two to three of the biggest heels in the wrestling industry right now, one being Christian Cage, the other being Don Callis, and at times MJF. Uh, how do you feel when you hear those boos and where to the point where they don't let them be able to almost speak? How does that make you feel good, bad? I know you got a, a bit of a history with MJF, but like, you know, behind the scenes for you, when you're hearing that, do you like, man, I love this stuff because these are the right people to generate such heat, especially Christian. We all know he's a dick. Yeah. And Don, and Don really, Callis. Really, really glad you asked that question. We have some of the most hated people in pro wrestling right now in AEW, and I think it's great because we also have some of the most popular people in pro wrestling in AEW. And the crowd really connects with a lot of our top stars, and it's great to have a variety of reactions, a variety of emotions throughout the show being expressed. And I feel like uh, when you have somebody like Don Callis uh, or a great champion like MJF, or now uh, somebody who's associated with a champion and thinks he's great himself in Christian Cage, uh, I believe we've got some of the most hated villains in the sport, but also some of the most popular stars. And I think tonight will be a great showcase for that. Coming up tonight on TBS, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, you'll see Wednesday Night Dynamite, some of the most popular people in pro wrestling on tonight's show, and also some of the most hated. Who do you hate the most? Wow, that's a that's a good question. Uh, in all of pro wrestling or in AEW? 
<laughs> Both. Uh, um, well, uh, I would say uh, there's a lot of uh, great villains in the world of pro wrestling, but uh, certainly uh, in this case, I think for the fans, there's a lot to love this weekend, and I think it's going to be a great pay-per-view event, and tonight should be a great go-home dynamite tonight on TBS. I'd say Don Callis. I've worked with him and Christian. I still say Don Callis. <laughs> well, uh, it's a that's a good question. Um, and uh, rather than uh, give you an answer to that one and, and say something detrimental about somebody, I would say something positive, <laughs> which is that this weekend I cannot wait for the first time ever to have Kazuchika Okada coming to AEW to face the American Dragon Brian Danielson. What a dream match that is for so many fans around the world. And the talking and the hype have begun, and people are really excited about it. And tonight on TBS, we are going to have Brian Danielson go in the ring, and he's going to call out Okada tonight on Dynamite. Can't wait for that. Uh, That's uh, AEW Dynamite uh, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on uh, TBS, uh, Tony, uh, I want to go back to collision for just a second. Cause we had you on myself and Mark on Friday, right before collision. I asked you about CM Punk and you said to me, Dave, you're going to have to tune in, uh, tomorrow night. We got to hear from CM Punk and I just feel like the energy has really shifted. Um, I'm sure you've noticed ticket sales for collision has skyrocketed since, uh, since the appearance from CM Punk on Saturday. And, you know, how do you feel about Punk being back? How did, what did you think about the promo that started off the show on Saturday night? I thought that it was a great show. I think CM Punk spoke his mind in the opening segment, and it set up for a very compelling main event. And we saw CM Punk go out and prove it in the ring that he still got it. And he went out there with FTR, and they went about 30 minutes with Samoa Joe, Juice Robinson, and Jay White, three of the best. And I believe the fans were so happy to see CM Punk back in wrestling. I think they were so happy to hear he still uh, got that sharp wit, and I believe that the match itself really delivered. It was a great main event. Certainly the fans really came to their feet many times throughout the match, in particular whenever CM Punk and Samoa Joe were about to get in the ring with each other whenever they connected in the ring. And I think the fans are just so happy to have CM Punk back in pro wrestling and back in AEW right now. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, I'd also like to, you got some trouble brewing just so you head because you got Chris Jericho and Sammy uh, loved how kind of some of the Darby talking some sense into Sammy. Uh, about fans are starting to really connect back with him, appreciate him, and uh, you got a great tag match online uh, on board for tonight. But uh, I think there's some dissension with the good old Ocho, the goat. He, you know, he gets a little crazy out there and gets a little egotistical as well. Uh, so uh, something's going to happen tonight. I'm just saying, I watch a lot of wrestling. I think something's going to happen between Sammy and Jericho. Ooh. Well, it is very, very interesting. I think uh, to follow what happened last week on AEW Dynamite, again, you did have Darby trying to talk some sense into Sammy Guevara maybe after their great world championship match at Double or Nothing. 
And Chris Jericho arrived on the scene. He really wants to keep Sammy as his protege, keep Sammy in the Jericho Appreciation Society. We saw that. And then uh, when Chris Jericho pointed out maybe the odds are against Darby, we saw Sting came out, even up the odds. That's pretty interesting. But then tonight on TBS, Jericho and Sammy return to the ring, and look who's coming with them. Their partner from last year at Forbidden Door, Minoru Suzuki. And we saw they were a great trio, and they picked up the win last year at Forbidden Door, Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki. So what's going to happen tonight when Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki are in the ring on Dynamite, taking on Action Andretti, Jericho's foil and rival, with his best friends, A.R. Fox and Darius Martin, in what should be a great match tonight on TBS. Uh, I mean, dude. I mean, dude. Uh, Tony, sorry. <laughs> call, call me, dude. Call me, dude. I, yeah, dude. Uh, dude. Um, Elton John. Saturday nights are right. You couldn't find a better fit. You couldn't find a better song. Like, and man, and and we talked about this on the air on Monday morning after this week, this past weekend. Like, and the one thing I said on the air. Uh, Tony is about you do care about the fans so much and you do what's best for the show and for the company to get that song for collision. Wow. That, that was huge. And, uh, how did that happen? That must, that couldn't have been cheap. I tell you that that was, (laughs) well, it, I'm not going to claim it was, but I would say it was the perfect fit for the show. I really wanted to get it. I love working with pro wrestling music rights. I think one thing that we've done in AEW that's been great is bring a lot of awesome music into the world of pro wrestling on a weekly basis. And you see some legendary bands and legendary songs, and rather hear some legendary songs every week on Dynamite. And now on AEW Collision, very fitting to have this amazing anthem, to have Elton John, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, as the official theme song of Collision. It's a really big deal, and I'm very, very excited about uh, this great opening theme song we were able to get, and people really seem to love the show open with Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. It just felt to me like it would be the perfect song, and I really enjoy working on those kinds of things, videos and uh, theme songs. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.